So in today's episode, we are going to talk about the one thing mindset, how doing less can actually lead to accomplishing more. All right, so I have a confession to make. I can't stand following the herd because if I do, then the best that I can be is average. And I have zero interest in average. I want remarkable. And the only way to do that is to think different. So I'm studying game changers, trailblazers, rule breakers, awesome makers, and those crazy ones who are looking to change the world and sharing what I've learned so you can make remarkable happen in your life. My name is Dean Dwyer, and this is The Mindset Show. Hey, how are you doing, Dean Dwyer? Welcome to another episode of The Mindset Show. Um, If you're unfamiliar with who I am, uh, I am the guy who created this show. Uh, I'm the Mindset Guy. I also have a website, mentalstuffing.com, where you can get this and any other product or course that I've created. You may want to go over there and check it out. Get on the email list. Uh, There's always good stuff coming your way. Um, It's 2019. Baby, 2019. Uh, I hope if you celebrate New Year's, uh, I hope you had a great New Year. Uh, regardless, it's still 2019, at least on my calendar. Um, and I, today's episode, I, I actually just I wanted to talk about the one thing mindset. And I'm going to start off by telling you where um, uh, where that comes from. Actually, so I was. It's actually a book. And it's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And if I had to pick five books that have been most influential in my thinking, that would be in my top five. Um, this I Because for me, um, I'm one of those people that believes that more is better. And so I'm always, you know, you make a list of 25 things that you want to do. And, and, you know, of course, you're all over the place and nothing gets done. But... Uh, so what I loved about this book is it's completely counterintuitive to how we behave as humans. And uh, I just wanted to tell, uh, first of all, tell you the story of how Gary Keller actually uh, ended up writing this book. So Gary Keller is a real estate agent, uh, a very successful real story, uh, not a real estate agent. <laughs> he's a real estate investor and uh, very, very successful empire that he's built. Um, And so he also coaches real estate investors. And so what he was finding was that he would do these these coaching sessions with with his clients. And then they'd make a list of of five things that they were supposed to do for the next call. And they would come back on the next call and they either only did a couple or didn't do any. And so he was getting frustrated with that. So he he started playing around, you know, with, with different techniques and essentially just reducing the number of tasks that people had to do. And so he went to three. And so, you know, the, the, at the end of a call, okay, here are the three things you need to do for the next, you know, the next meetup call, whatever it happens to be. And the same thing, people were coming and they either, you know, didn't do any of them at all uh, or only accomplished one. And, and again, very frustrated. And he finally decided, you know what, let's just get them to focus on a single thing. And that was magical for people that this just focusing on a single thing the one thing 
that you were going to accomplish had an immense and profound impact on people and what they were able to accomplish by just simply narrowing in on that one thing. Hence the book that he wrote. And it's, it's, I, again, uh, it was, it was a profound book for me. I would highly recommend it to anybody because it is, it's an example of the 180 degree mindset. It's completely counterintuitive to how, um, we think as humans, how we behave as humans. And I think what most people are teaching us, which again is, you know, you create these big master lists and you've got a gazillion things going on. Our attention is pulled in a, in a million different directions and nothing gets done. And, and I am no exception to that. Uh, I am hardwired to, uh, to do more. And so I love the concept because it, 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 forces me to challenge my hardwiring. And so what I, there are many applications, sorry, I'm, <laughs> one of the things that I'm trying not to do moving forward is interrupt myself. I have about eight thoughts in my head at any one time. They all want to come out at once. And so uh, I start something and then I stop and I get onto something else. And so I'm really trying to make sure that I stick to my idea and not let me interrupt myself. So apologies in advance if I do interrupt myself. So um, one of the things that I love about the concept is it can be applied anywhere. It has no boundaries. So you can look at any aspect of your life and think about this concept of the one thing. You know, like you could look at your relationships. You could look, I'm, I'm looking at broad topics right now, right? You know, like looking at your relationship. But you could specifically narrow down to your relationship with your, with a particular child, for example. And what would be the one thing that you could do in that relationship that would have the most profound impact on it? It sort of functions on the 80 20 principle. Uh, if you do that one thing, essentially, of the problems surrounded with that would go away or you get 80% of the success if you were to just focus on that one thing. And so the other thing I like about this thinking is it forces you to get really clear on what it is that you should be doing in order to get the most out of that thing you're doing. Because you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do this thing. Like you, you really have to, I call this my root cause mindset, is you have to get at the root cause of something and that becomes your one thing. So it has many, many applications. And um, because it's now the new year, I was reflecting on 2018 and... What strikes me about, so first of all, I don't set resolutions. I used to way back in the day, and of course I did what, uh, uh, the complete opposite of the one thing. is I would write down, I remember one year, I think I wrote down 20 things that I wanted to do. But what resolutions ended up being for me was uh, a big list of all the things I didn't do that year. Because I'd look at the list at the end of the year, if I even remembered to look at the list, and I might have completed, you know, one or two things. And so I finally just stopped doing it. And so, um, but I was thinking about 2018 and I was, I was just reflecting on the year and I was thinking like, how do, now, first of all, I should mention this. I went into 2018. I did not have any master plan. I had no focus, um, on any particular thing that I wanted to do. I was doing stuff. I'm great at doing stuff, but stuff is problematic if you don't have a bigger vision of where you're going with things. So I did a lot of stuff. 
stuff in 2018. And so I was reflecting on it just like I thought, well, how do I how do I reflect on the year, even though I, I didn't have a plan going into it? But is there any way for me to evaluate, you know, what went on? And I, I just started listing a couple things that I accomplished. Um, you know, I finally launched my website, Mental Stuffing. I finally launched the podcast, The Mindset Show, uh, which had been in, you know, things that I had wanted to do for at least the last year. Um took me a long time to get them out, but I got those out. But I didn't find that that in and of itself brought me a tremendous amount of joy. Because I, I, I've done this in the past too, where, you know, the year ends and then I feel like I go back and it's like, I'm, I'm trying to find things to rationalize why I should be happy about the year. And so what kind of struck me was like, I didn't have any focus for, for 2018. I was just doing stuff. So I thought, well, how do I make 2019 different and what could I do this is the 180 degree mindset in action here but what could I do that's completely different than what I've done in the past and then the one thing mindset came up for me and I thought what if I what if I chose to focus on 2019 with the idea that I was going to focus only on one thing one major theme that i was going to focus on and the criterion would be pick the theme that if i was able to accomplish that that 80 percent of the problems that i'm having now would either vanish completely or they would become irrelevant as a result of solving this thing and that's a fascinating approach for me because it is um, built within that is again, first of all, completely counterintuitive to how I operate. I am like most of us. I, I write down a gazillion things I want to get done. But I thought, what if I just focused on one thing? That was my primary focus for the year. And then I let everything else fall in. It, it doesn't mean you're not doing other things. You just let everything else fall in as it falls in. But that I always go back to this focus. And so... I was, I was thinking about that and I thought, was there anything that I, like, did I follow the one thing approach for 2018? And strangely, I did. Sorry, there was a big pause there because I was going to say ironically. And then in my head, I'm like, I don't know if ironically is the right word. Anyhow, um, but I did. I did unknowingly. And, and, and ironically, now I can use it, um, it actually started on January 1st of 2018. And so one of the things that I have been wanting to do for years um, I, I'm, there's a protocol that I have put together for myself called the successful body. It, it's something I, I will, I'll share more later. Uh, I've been working on it now for over a year. There's a whole, um, you know, I have a scorecard for success. I have got a whole, there's a, I evaluate myself every day. There's a, there's a scoring system. I have a, uh, success secrets handbook that I create where I write down the principles that I've discovered that will help me continue to succeed moving forward. But one of the things that I did within that is that I always wanted to take sugar out of my diet. About, I want to say six or seven years ago, I did take it out for about seven, no, sorry, for four months. I did it for four months and then it crept back in again. And then I've, I've, sugar's been in my diet ever since. And there are lots of reasons why I wanted to take sugar out of my diet, but I had always, it was, they were, the reasons were always very general. It was always like, you know, I knew from a health standpoint that it would be better for me if I did. 
but I didn't really have a strong mindset around this. So it was January 1st of last year, and I thought, what if I use 2018 to, to figure out how to get sugar out of my diet? Like use the whole year to figure this out, which means there's going to be a lot of pain and suffering. And when I say pain and suffering, I'm putting that in quotation marks because it's not, you know, it was just like there'd be a lot of failure, you know, like, like it, it's, it's a great idea to start with, but it's super hard to do because sugar, you don't realize how many things have sugar in them. Like, like, sugar, like the food industry uses sugar like a drug Everything has sugar. I think I've mentioned this before. Bacon disgusts me because every single bacon maker out there puts sugar in it. It's like, it's bacon. You don't need to put sugar on bacon. I go to grocery stores and I pick it up. I pick up a package of bacon and I see that it has sugar in it. And I always throw it back down on the rack in disgust. It's like, come on. But sugar is everywhere. And food industry realizes that, you know, sugar makes their foods addictive, right? So they, they put it in. But um, but I thought in and of itself, I thought, how do I figure out how to take sugar out of my diet? And I ended up coming up with a mindset that changed everything for me. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly show the mindset here and then it, it would might make for another episode down the road or I could go, definitely go into more detail because... Uh, um, Fast forward to the end of 2018, and uh, I only had sugar once over the course of the entire year. I was surprised, actually, how well that I did. Um, and uh, when I say I only had it once, I only had it once knowingly. I think there were four or five times that I ingested sugar accidentally, and those I, I had already come up with a list of rules. And it's like, listen, there's going to be times when I'm not going to know that it's in the food, or I go to somebody's place for dinner. Um, I didn't ask whether there was sugar in it or not. I, I would try to tell people ahead of time I don't eat sugar, but I'm not going to make somebody change their whole way of eating if they invite me out, you know, out to their place for dinner. You know, so I just like don't tell me. I don't want to know. If I don't know. It, I'm not breaking the rules. Uh, but I didn't. I knowingly didn't have things like dessert, like apple pies, and those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I went the whole year and only once did I actually have sugar. And um, what um, what I like about that story, and I, I it's sort of I didn't think about that as an accomplishment for 2018 until I sort of started doing sort of a deeper dive and thinking about this one thing mindset was that I had actually applied the one thing mindset to that. I thought let's just spend the year figuring this out and again I got the mindset I put a there was there wasn't a ton of protocol in place for this there were things like uh, I had to start reading labels um, on foods and again that was shocking to me to find out how many companies put sugar in their food I had to start sort of putting protocols in place like how am I going to eat out at other people's places you know I've mentioned I'm at my father's place um you know, he he has foods that normally I would devour in an entire evening. Um, and so, you know, I had to figure out strategies like how do I avoid not having those things and, and those sorts of things. And so it's, it's all worked out extremely well. Oh, by the way, um, the mindset that I, I ended up coming up with. So let me preface the mindset before I tell you. So when it came to sugar, the way I thought I need to come up with something that's powerful for me. I only I have to believe it. I don't have to prove it factually to anybody. I only have to believe it for myself. And here's my belief with sugar. I believe that sugar weaponizes 
cancer cells. That's the way that I, I look at sugar. And the reason I think about it that way is I saw a video once where somebody who had cancer, uh, they injected them with a sugar solution. And you could see on the video, I, it, it was, it was, um, I'm going to say color coded. I know that's not the right word, but, uh, you know, the sugar had it was a different color than the cancer cells. And you could see that the sugar went immediately went to the cancer cells, like it fueled the cancer cells. And I never forgot that. And I, so I began in my head, my mindset was sugar weaponizes cancer, um, and other diseases as well. And so that if I took it out, that even if, um, you know, like, like cancer would wither and die or it would not be able to, it wouldn't be able to, to survive if I took sugar out of my diet. That, that's the way that I was thinking about it. I'm not looking to prove that to anybody. I just needed to come up with a mindset that meant something for me. And that was actually really powerful. That really, I would go into a grocery store because I had wrestling, I had mental wrestling matches. There were times, I remember, uh, one time, so one of the treats I used to have, and I would do it once a week, I'd buy essentially like half a carrot cake. Um, and I remember being in a grocery store one day, maybe about four months into this, and I, I really wanted carrot cake. And I'd pick it up and I'd look at it and then I'd read the ingredients. And then in my head, I remember saying to myself, like, sugar weaponizes cancer. And I put it back down. I went around, did some more shopping, came back to the carrot cake, picked it up again, read the ingredients, trying to rationalize why I should have it. And then that mindset crept back in. Sugar weaponizes cancer. And I, and, and I can see it. Like I can, I can almost get a visual. I'm, I'm very much, I have to get a visual of things. Otherwise, they don't have any kind of impact on me. And so that worked extremely, extremely well. So, um, so I thought, well, how do I take that same, like I unknowingly focused on this single thing in 2018. And I was incredibly successful with it. And I thought I can... I can build off that. Like I can build off the protocols that I created there because I was tracking. I said I had a list of rules in place in terms of what was in play, what was not in play. I had come up with sort of a protocol. How am I going to deal with different situations? Uh, you know, when I'm out somewhere else and those sorts of things. Um, I thought I can actually, I can build off this. Like I can take that same concept now. And I thought, what if I went into 2019 with a plan, like rather than just do stuff like I've always done in the past, what if for 2019, I tried to figure out what's my one thing that I could accomplish in 2019 that would, again, would eliminate 80% of the things that I'm struggling with in all areas of my life. And when I say all areas, I'm talking about the big four and the big four for me, health, work or business, relationships, and then the fourth one, which is one that I've added, uh, is personal growth. And so um, how would that improve all four of those areas? So what would that one thing be that I would focus on? And so that's what I'm currently, that's, so that's what, I'm, that's what I'm playing with right now is I'm sort of, I'm going through and I'm using the root cause mindset to try now and figure out what's the one thing What's that one thing that I'm going to focus on for 2019 and then put a protocol in place to, to work on that so that I know like I'll be able to sort of talk about it articulately at the end of 2019. I think I'm pretty close to figuring out what my one thing is, but I'm not going to share it yet because I, I have to make sure 
again, that I, I figured out the one thing that literally is going to have an impact on 80% of my life. So I think I've got that. Um, but I'm excited to see how that carries out for me moving forward because, again, I'm wired the other way. I want to do a gazillion things. And so the way I'm looking at this, I, I've got that one thing. That's going to be my primary focus, and I'm going to do everything that I in my power every single day to make sure that that is always my primary focus. And then all the other things like, you know, podcast episodes and, and upgrading my website and all those sorts of things um, will still be done. They will sort of happen as they happen. But the primary focus, what's the one thing that I want to focus on? So that's that's today's show. So here's what I'm going to suggest you might want to consider for your 2019 to begin to sort of play around with this idea of the one Thing. What would be the one thing that you could focus on in 2019 that would have a profound impact on your life? So for you, looking at 2019, what's the one thing, what's the biggest thing that you struggle with that if you were to solve that, if you spent the year to try and figure out how to solve it, so it's not like I want to solve it tomorrow and then for the rest of the year, uh, it's about maintaining perfection. No, it's like use the year to figure out what it is that you need to do in order to eliminate that problem. You know, And maybe in six months you get there, maybe in eight months you get there, you've got 12 months to get there. And so you're going to have these epic failures, but you're also going to have these epic successes. And you get to learn from all those and you get to create rules and protocols that will help you as you move forward. But what, what's your one thing? What's the thing that really weighs on you the most? If you can figure that out, that becomes a game changer in your life. So that is the one thing mindset. The goal is to focus on the one problem that if you were able to eliminate that, 80% of your other problems would simply vanish or become irrelevant. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you on the next show. So that is it for today's episode. But before you go, let me leave you with two things. First, what's the one big thing you took from this show? It could be something I said, but it could also be something completely unrelated that bubbled to the surface while listening. Don't ignore your thoughts. If they clawed their way to the surface of your gray matter, then it means they're important. Acknowledge them, honor them, and act on them if possible. Second, would you consider leaving a review? If so, here's my offer. Copy your iTunes review and send it to me via email with the subject line, my iTunes review. And in return, I'm going to send you a thank you audio, which will include me reading your review out loud with my authentic real-time response of how your words have impacted me. I don't know about you, but I think that's going to be awesome. Anyhow, that's it, my friend. I have to bounce. <laughs> Listen to me trying to be one of the cool kids. Have a great rest of today. And remember, you're just one mindset away from a bigger more awesome future. I'm Dean Dwyer, and you were listening to The Mindset Show.